Good evening, you are listening to Three Moves Ahead, and I'm your host, Rob Zachney. Tonight, we welcome 3MA founder, no, no, Citizen, Troy Goodfellow. <laughs> uh, citizen, how are you this fine eve? I'm well, Citizen. Long live the revolution and death to the tyrants. But revolution for what? Death to who? Uh, I think these are some questions I still have. Uh, after playing a goodly bit of uh, We the Revolution, a sort of historical adventure slash legal procedural slash strategy game uh, from perhaps the appropriately named Poly Slash. Uh, <laughs> Troy, I decided we had to discuss this game after... One evening, like months ago, you'd played like five minutes minutes of it, and you said, I'm pretty sure this French Revolution game was written by a bourbon. And I started playing more of it, and I started to think maybe it, it wasn't, in fact, written by a bourbon, but there was something profoundly weird about its telling of this history. Uh, I sort of led you into this hell. Uh, do you want to explain what you found there, what, what we were the revolution is? What We the Revolution is, it is a combination of Phoenix Wright, Reigns, a board game, and some of the most annoying mini-games you would have ever found on an Xbox. It is a very weird melange of uh, different game types. You play a... you start the game as a judge. You're a judge on a revolutionary tribunal... And you have a couple of small cases come to you at the start. And you're very quickly thrown into the high politics of uh, the French Revolution. Uh, you start just some basic break and enter type stuff. Some anti-revolutionary activity because you are a revolutionary tribunal. And then you're putting soldiers on trial. And somehow you end up being the one person deciding if the king or queen dies. That's how the game starts. But at the same time, you have you have to, and while you're doing these trials, you have to balance the interests of uh, the republic, the revolutionaries, uh, the general population, and your family, because your family satisfaction is very, very important to the revolution for some reason, some sort of Robespierrean virtue, I think. The idea that a, fam a harmonious family life is a sign of a harmonious citizen, or what have you. Then the game takes a turn when you send your first person to the guillotine. Is oh, here's a mini game about giving speeches. How do you excite the population to follow you or whatever? And then it becomes a board game as you try to seize control over certain districts in Paris by moving units around um, and by building up certain, by opening up certain structures and building statues and earning your prestige. This is prestige you acquire through trials and other events. And then there's a persuasion game, which is kind of like the speech game. Yes. And it's all just a quite peculiar mix set in the French Revolution, which does have... I mean, the French Revolution is its contested ground. It's been contested ground for you know 230 years now. Uh, and that's fine. Uh, you can make a very strong case for the French Revolution being... A very bad idea, a good idea done badly, a bad idea done well. There are tons of ways to look at the French Revolution in, an, in a legitimate historiographical way. This is kind of a... 
I mean, Louis, Louis the Sixteenth is such a milk toast person. Like he's this schlubby guy who wanders into your court for some reason when you first need him. And then all of a sudden you're putting him on trial. There's this assumption that you know what's going on, all this other stuff. The game does assume you know quite a bit of history, uh, which I think is it doesn't really talk down to the audience, uh, which is kind of nice to see. Um, but as I mean, as, as history, it's a colossal mess. As a story, it is perplexing. As a game, I'm not sure it knows what it is. So I'm hoping you can help me make sense out of this. It's not that I don't like it, but I just reacted very strongly to certain parts of it in very unusual ways. Yeah, I think for me, I look at this game and it's kind of the quintessential uh, like noble failure, I guess, to use your uh, grading scale. Um, I think this is an interesting game that is a complete mess. And the ways in it, the ways in which it is a mess are also interesting to me. Um, let's start with the history itself a little bit. Like on the one hand, this is a game about the French Revolution, and it does assume some knowledge heading in. At the same time, it also really compresses and distorts that history in yeah. weird ways. Like the organizing principle of this game. From the minute it begins, uh, as you say, you're sort of a low-ranking judge on the Revolutionary Tribunal. But also, the Revolutionary Tribunal apparently exists um, years before it actually... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's a thing that overlaps now with like the actual like uh, flight to Varennes. And there's a lot of things that have just basically been compressed. And at the start of the game, you kind of get the social ladder of, like, who's who in the revolution. And a lot of the powerful people between your sort of low functionary stature and then the pinnacle of the revolution, the pinnacle is always Robespierre. Uh, he's kind of the, uh, you know, the big bad or the uh, the big wheel in the story. And the game begins at a point where we are like years before Robespierre's rise. And so right from the first, we have kind of this weird depiction of the French Revolution as being guided from be from its beginnings uh, by this uh, kind of like really extremist uh, Jacobin political program that just didn't exist at the time. And I think it contributes to some of the overall weirdness of this game because it's trying to hit, like, important historical beats, but at the same time, the context is so massively changed that it doesn't quite make sense. And I think that early encounter with Louis is an illuminating one because it tries to depict him as uh, kind of this... I don't know. What's the... Like... Almost a decadent fatalist, uh, but you get the sense like, yeah, King Louis, he's a, seems like a good man uh, caught up in things. He sort of s swings by your court to see if you're truly a man of justice. And he just sort of gives this, you know, final uh, farewell to you about a caution about uh, revolution and duty and justice. Uh, and it's sort of meant to foreshadow a lot of the dilemmas you're going to encounter in the game. But it also ends up basically laying out uh, this idea that from its very beginnings, the French Revolution, as depicted in this game, is kind of already rotten, right? It's all like the entire endeavor 
is about compromising uh, justice with political expedience and ambition. And I think that is kind of the lens through which it paints everything. This is the story it is telling. You are one kind of corrupt snake uh, in the in the rev- in the tall grass of the revolution, uh, trying to sort of work your way up the ladder. But it ends up telling a story that begins to feel like political machinations, just for the sake of political machinations, but kind of divorced from any kind of real political situation. Well, I mean, the, the telescoping of the history is, I mean, it's it's extreme, but not so extreme. I mean, the I mean, Louis is executed in uh, 17, June 1793, and the Reign of Terror starts around then as well. I mean, so it's not so... I mean, Robespierre is rising uh, in power in, like, 1792 uh, reign, so it's not so ridiculous, uh, though he doesn't have official titles. He's, I think he's out of uh, he's out of uh, the assembly for a while there as well. Uh, I mean, the flight that ran happened before the game starts. I think no, it happens in the opening. That's the that's the wild part. Right, okay, right. It happens. Right, it happens right in the opening, and then they let him walk around free and enter your courtroom. Uh, but they have they have this. Uh, there's a there's a massacre of you know of a citizens' protest, which I think is supposed to be an allusion to Lafayette's massacre on the Champ de Mars, uh, which was 1791. Yeah. So that's but it's supposed to be an allusion to that, I think. And so you you have your chance you have your chance to execute the Marquis de Lafayette, uh, or at least a fictional stand-in. Well, here's uh, a funny thing. So that's one of the first choices, actually. Yeah. Uh, the commander of the National Guard is like, whoa, things are getting pretty heated in this uh, in, in Paris right now. I need my guys to have permission to open fire and load their weapons. And you have the option, because this is the other part. It's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure uh, telling of the French Revolution, whether or not you sign off on this guy's request. And uh, it sounds like you did. Uh, I was I was like, hell no, I'm not letting you load your weapons and go cover a crowd protest. Uh, and the result is, for in my game, I didn't have a trial of that guy because he was like ripped limb from limb by the by the crowd. Oh, I had I I gave him permission to shoot, uh, and he did. And then you put him on trial. Well, I didn't put him on trial. He was brought to trial. I didn't put him there. Uh, but I mean, the, the political machinations thing is an interesting part of the game. To get to the, the, the trial mechanics, uh, you have uh, your your the suspect, the defendant is brought before you, and you're given a summary of the case, and then you can unlock different questions to ask by playing a a a, a simple match game. You're given a note from a comment from the case description, then you match that to like. This is evidence. This is motive. This is a witness. This is extenuating circumstances. All this stuff. And those, you do that enough, you unlock questions. And the more questions you have, the more options you have. But you don't have to ask every question. Mm -hmm. So if you want somebody to go free, or if, say, you want to suck up to the revolutionaries or to the mob who want somebody to go free, you just ask the questions, say, that make the guy look innocent bring the jury over to the innocent side, let the person go free. Uh, so you can totally manipulate, because this is a game that is about law, but it's not about justice. This isn't about finding the truth at all. It took me a while for my brain to figure that out. Wait, I don't have to ask all these questions at all. I can just railroad this guy. Mm-hmm. And so you end up to keep your position, to move up the uh, revolutionary ladder, uh, 
you can do this. Now, once I completely screwed up with poor old Marie Antoinette, and I unlocked zero questions. Uh, my case went really badly with her as well. Yeah. Um, and then it did. It was very much kind of a Deus Ex Machina thing where I basically botched the case. And then someone ran into the courtroom and was like, uh, you know, Your Honor, there's an angry mob outside. Um, well, but they also have documents. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there's there's the, the there's a mob satisfaction bar as well. Like eventually, the the interface just gets full with bars. So Marie Antoinette comes up for me, and for some reason, I can't match a single thing to anything else. I get zero questions to ask. So no matter what I choose to do, the jury is going to be upset with me because if you don't go along with the jury, they see you as a tyrant, and that hurts you. <laughs> uh. So there are all of these things you have to consider in these things you have to balance. And then your trial life, your trial comes home with you. It affects your family relationship, uh, your father's, you know, kind of attached to the Ancien Regime and your oldest son's kind he's of a revolutionary. A, yeah, he's kind of a Saint-Just kind of guy, revolutionary dick. <laughs> uh, your youngest son just loves his dad. I, I, I think my wife is sleeping with a, with, a, with a cabinet minister or something. I don't trust her at all, but she seems to be pretty easy to please. Just the way she's... No, the, 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 the new captain of the guard, she's cozied up to him pretty well. I don't know. I'm very suspicious of her. Um, there's your wife there as well. So the, your trial comes home with you, and then you have to repair those relations. But whatever action you choose with your family... At maximum, only three people will get along with it. Somebody's going to be upset, and it's usually your father. Yep. Who I should probably be throwing in prison at some point. And it's all just... So there's all of these relationships you need to manage. Now, what makes it easier for your political machinations, for your understanding... um, I need to curry favor with the revolutionary, so I should do this, or I should do that, or whatever, is that it is very explicit on what the effects are. I compared this to Reigns in my description, and Reigns yeah. is like one of my favorite little mini games of the last few years. Um, for like Game of Thrones is a Game of Thrones version, which is quite quite good. There is Reigns, Reigns Her Majesty, Reigns Game of Thrones. They're all very good. Uh, you're a royal, you're a monarch, and you get little decisions. And there are three factions you need to keep balanced. You don't want them to be too happy with you because then they get full of themselves and overthrow you. You don't want them to be too angry at you because then they hate you and they overthrow you. So you have to keep the three factions balanced and it's very hard. And you are told which factions will be affected by a decision, but you're not told necessarily in any great detail how much. Sometimes you'll be told, oh, this is a big decision for this faction, but often you'll be told, eh, they, they care about it, but you don't know in great detail. So it's kind of fun. You have to figure out as you play the game what each faction actually cares about. In We the Revolution, you know to the to a decimal point how much yeah. your father is going to hate you playing the viola, how much uh, the your kid's going to hate being read to, how much the mob is going to like this guy being guillotined versus being set free, how much Robespierre and his lackeys are going to respect you afterwards. So it does become this very precise math problem in some ways where you are just trying to keep things on an even keel now this can be can be to good to no sound decision making sound planning but it isn't necessarily exciting you don't take many big risks 
there's been a lot of gambling. And for a guy in the revolution trying to work his way up the slippery ladder of death, there's not a lot of risks being taken. And I think that kind of, I think, sucks a lot of the energy of the setting away. Yeah, and I think it disarms a bit of the tension between uh, your character's ambition and what he's actually doing. Because one of the one of the real sources of friction in your home life, uh, particularly with your with your wife, uh, is that she sort of ends up being uh, the chorus of the story in some ways. The whole family is, but her in particular. And she is the one sort of sounding the alarm from the beginning that, you know, this is becoming very dangerous. You are losing yourself in the revolution. You are compromising your values, which I'm not entirely sure I buy because it's also kind of laid out from the beginning that your character might be kind of a good time Charlie Dirtbag. But, (laughs) I mean, like, literally, your character is kind of this serious drinker uh, who's just, like, hanging out with his buddy. And they're both like lawyers in the revolutionary tribunal uh, and he's kind of your, your mentor, but there's no, there's no sense that your character is actually, or this is where they fail. The character's beginning from the beginning is framed as uh, a little bit of a, uh, like I said, a dirt bag, uh, kind of a lightweight. And then as the story continues, your wife is saying, Ah, you know, you're compromising your values, you're uh, becoming more ambitious, you're putting your career ahead of everything else. And that would be one thing if the game were, like, sort of forcing you to walk that road, right? If you were, like, being encouraged to be just ruthlessly cynical uh, at every turn and really, like, stick the dagger in people. But I think because of what you're describing there, Troy, with this notion that you always know that you're trying to strike a balance between these competing factions, the way it all feels is less conniving and more just necessary, uh, more more or less um, fence-setting in a way that you don't... The moves you're making don't feel like a character who's, like, hell-bent on rising. When you're playing it, you're playing it like a character who's just hell-bent on not pissing people off and trying to stay anonymous, right? Like, And I think this is kind of the weird thing, maybe from where it's it sort of overlaps with um, Papers, Please, uh, come in. It's using the presentation of, like, a bureaucracy simulator. And you are doing things as a fairly spineless government bureaucrat in a time of great change would do them, right? You are trying to fulfill your obligations, but also do so in a way that will not rock anyone's boat. But then in between those gameplay moments, those decision moments, the story then tells you that, ah, your character is a complete snake and he's just like climbing the ladder of the revolution. And it's like, man, no, I just desperately was trying to, uh, you know, let this, let this revolutionary off with a, with a jail sentence uh, because if I'd send to the guillotine, uh, everyone would have been angry, and I'm scared. Like that's how the, like the game sort of puts you in this feeling of constantly uh, between a rock and a hard place, but then it tries to paint your character as kind of this master manipulator uh, who is again like climbing, uh, you know, climbing a, a a pole greased with blood. 
Yeah, this whole, I mean, the, the plot of the adventure game part, which I guess is sort of an adventure, it kind of railroads you into these positions that you haven't earned. Uh, I mentioned there, there's, a, there's a speech-giving game where you lay out the, the, the points you want to make in your speech, most of your attitude. I still haven't figured out how that works, like how I change an audience's mind and what the difference is. I mean, why would I ever want a careless statement? That's not clear to me. So- it's all... I maybe you can explain that to me later because this is not yeah. very it's not very clearly explained in the game. But in any case, I go up for the guillotine, and having only that faintest idea what I'm doing, I botch the speech entirely. Everyone hates me. Like two days later, ho ho! You're in charge of building this statue. Now you control something in the heart of Paris. I'm an idiot. I just gave this dumb stump speech and people probably throw rotten tomatoes at me and now I'm in charge of this great big project I'm still at the lowest rung like I'm not I'm not a big shot yet I still have a long way to go and now I'm fighting for the control over sections of Paris like I'm sure about I'm sure that the prosecutor guy to my right might have something to say about that I'm sure the jury who's mad at me might have something to say about that um I'm sure Jean Valjean will have something to say about that. It's just an absolute, it, it, it wants to move you into the game and all these things that it wants you to do, but it doesn't necessarily fit, the story doesn't fit the action necessarily taking. Uh, beyond, you know, like your example, you get the National Guard guy killed, I kill him myself. Like there, I'm sure, I mean, I mean you probably can't set King Louis free, I would assume. You probably did a deus ex machina there, forcing you down that path as well. Uh, I don't know, but just the fact that I'm being treated as this great, big, ambitious threat, when I'm just bumbling through, uh, trying to make sure that the mob doesn't murder me, um, it just kind of tweaks something in my brain a bit. Um, that feels like it's... My ambition is unearned. I don't deserve to be... My character does not deserve to want so much. Yeah. And you're not given a way to express that ambition. Though the game, uh, by God, it does try. I think the... One of the things that it is relying is kind of an underlying mechanic uh, or or, or uh, like framework for this entire game is... This is a game about like pattern matching and uh, implicit relationships, and so I think the 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 court interface has you looking at uh, you sort of have this wheel with all the evidence, and then uh, you know on one side of the wheel there's all the evidence, and then there's things like motive. Uh, character of the criminal uh, background and you have to figure out okay so here I have uh, let's see here I have an example of uh, the the oh, I know what it was so there's there's a case where you're dealing with a cos a cosmetic sales lady who's killed a bunch of <laughs> who's like killed a bunch of her customers and you discover that she's basically uh, legally blind uh, her her vision is completely impaired. She can't read the labels on the chemicals she's using, uh, but she is mixing by hand and by feel and assumes everything and, and assumes she's giving people the right products and the right drugs. And so you get a little thing that says uh, poor eyesight. 
and then you match that with uh, you can you can say that you can say I associate that with uh, the character of the accused, or I can associate that with um, like method of the crime, and you can actually associate it with both, right? Like slowly you're eliminating all the possible associations around each of these things. But the way this works in the trial is that, you know, you're at, you're trying to make these associations and figure out how these things would relate to each other to unlock these questions. When you go to the speechifying uh, mini game, and it is identical to basically it is it is a persuasion mechanic because there's a point also where they're starting to make you do this with characters. Can you win people over to your side by having an informal conversation and it unfolds according to the exact same way as the uh, speeches. And there, if you spend, like you collect influence uh, through a variety of means, doing your job, keeping your family happy, um, but you, you sort of have influence points and you can spend it to reveal what attitude someone takes on a given topic. And each persuasion sequence has like three to five uh, points of interest, I want to say. And regarding those points of interest, every character you're talking to or crowd has a certain baseline feeling it has about that, uh, that topic. And what you have to do is figure out the correct rhetorical angle to take that will please them based on their feelings about that uh based on their feelings about that topic the weird thing is it doesn't make a whole lot of sense uh in in part because you do have kind of the la noir issue of what does carelessness mean right like there's a lot of options that just sound wildly inappropriate for the the, t- the moment at hand. So you're kind of left wondering, what is this game allowing me to express here? The other part is, and I think this is where they, they're trying to make the system maybe a little more interesting than it is. It doesn't appear to be just match someone's feeling about a topic with the correct response. It kind of has... Um, if someone is feeling protective of something, that could imply that they want a uh, very like persuasive approach to that topic. Or it could also mean uh, they are in favor of a really like humble approach to that topic. And one of those will get you way more points and move the needle over the persuasion side way, side way more. And uh, so that's kind of the game you end up playing there. And it's weird. I think it generates some dramatic moments uh, because as you begin getting enmeshed in the increasingly, like, literally cutthroat politics of the French Revolution, you are doing more like, I have to meet with this sort of political boss and get them on side and persuade them on this topic. And when the system works well, those conversations actually feel pretty dramatic uh, I would say the, by and large, the voice acting is pretty good in this game. It's a little over dramatic at times, but like I think the presentation, the voice acting, the animations, the art, I think it's all pretty fantastic. And so like when you like do the Simon Says or at least the Simon Free Association thing uh, properly, it 
ends up feeling pretty cinematic and cool. But the problem is a lot of the times it doesn't seem to work and you end up having those really like comically awkward like face plants uh, on the scaffold as you're trying to address the crowd and you are basically giving like the world's worst best man speech. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm glad you did mention the art uh, and the voice acting because as a, as a piece of graphic and sound design, it is outstanding. Uh, the UI, the UX isn't necessarily the best. And like I said, I think, you know, the speeching, the persuasion could be a little clearer what you're supposed to be doing. Um, but you know, the, the, uh, graphic novel interstices in between, uh, uh, trials, uh, the, some of the, uh, some of the trials themselves are very... I mean, you mentioned uh, the cosmetic lady. There's an earlier one where a soldier comes back from the war with PTSD and he's accused of throwing his brother out the window. And you have to figure out, is this because he's a drunken madman? Is it because he's angry? Is this vicious assault? Is it? There isn't any PTSD, of course, in revolutionary France. Uh, but some people are actually sympathetic to him because of this. So there's some actually really heart-rending trials you have to deal with and it's like what is where you where the, 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 the papers please side of you wants to do the fair thing and make sure that no innocent man is sent to prison but the crusader king's side of you wants to have everybody in your way or who keeps you from climbing up the uh, mob's list of approval that side of you wants to send this guy to prison for like however long. So there's this whole, uh, some of the cases are, you know, actually quite cleverly done. They do have, they do tug on the justice or even, even on the political side. There's a, a, a break in and, and our, one of the bourgeois is beaten up and all this stuff's stolen, uh, by a revolutionary. And at the end of every trial, or it's in the middle of every trial, you have this little questionnaire that you have to fill out. What are the facts of the case? It's like a little, little pop quiz yeah it's really really weird and one of the questions in this case where the revolutionary he's like a proto jacobin he he's wearing the guy's ring he beats up the guy steals his stuff one of the questions does did he confess to the crime and i said well yes like he pretty much did but the answer was actually no because I guess, as far as she's concerned, it wasn't a crime? I, I don't yeah. know. Uh, but, so, sometimes these quizzes are a little bit weird. It's like, well, that's not, that's not technically correct. It's like, oh, come on. Uh, but there's there are some nice little bits uh, in here. So we don't, we don't want people to think this is a this is a game with no redeeming features. Uh, because it does have quite a few things that speak to it. I think I think people, people should find it a good price and play it just to see what we're talking about and how it's... It is this chimera of game designs plopped right on top. Like the the, the, the top, tell me about the board game, Rob. Tell me about the territorial oh control board game that you play in the middle of this. Yeah, so this is this is a game that doesn't know when to stop. Like it feels almost a bit like you know when you're sitting around with friends and sort of spitballing about what a dream game might look like. And inevitably, you probably start adding way too many ideas into the hopper, right? Like, oh, and then this other thing should happen. But how would we make that happen using the mechanics we've already sort of outlined? I have no idea. Better introduce completely new mechanics so that we can, like, express that as well. 
And that kind of feels like what it is, that is what is happening here. And I think the board game might be the purest expression of it because it makes no sense. Or it makes a kind of sense, but it once you understand what it's doing, why on earth is this even here? It's not good. Uh, basically, what you are dealing with is... Now you have a political block, like a political party. You have a home base. And you can begin sending, uh, like, a spy around the city uh, to sort of scout out other locations. And uh, I think begin, like, undermining uh, the support that an enemy faction has. And you can also send, like, a goon squad out there and have them be suppressing riots in your district's. And also, like, basically, like, beating the crap out of other agents, uh, too. And so, it's kind of this risk meets whack-a-mole game that that you're playing there. And you're slowly accruing power and influence across the city. But to what end is not immediately clear. And for a good portion of it, you're not sure who your foe is. Um... And yet, now, every time, like every turn, every day in court, you go back home, you see your family, and then you have to go play this, like, this 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 territory control game that is, on the one hand, so simple that it's just utterly mind-numbing. On the other hand, its ultimate purpose and where it is headed is so inscrutable that it also feels meaningless. Like, I was just like, I guess I better just try to control more of this city and hope for the best. Uh, in addition to that, there's also random factors. Like, there's crowds of, like, Jacobins uh, running around who, like, imprison your agents. Uh, it's it's such a strange thing. And... It doesn't necess- it doesn't even stop there. Like once you start really getting involved in the political intrigues, there's an entire other system. So you go from the the territory control map, and then you go into like the intrigue uh, and subterfuge minigame, and that is like a choose your own adventure where you are trying to fabricate evidence against this one family, and you'll have the option of do you want to send do you want to send someone around. Uh, asking discreet questions about their business? Or do you want to use the uh, Revolutionary Guard just to kick down the door and search through all their papers? And you're sort of told one option might have a higher uh, chance of success or might have a higher chance of success based on other choices you made or other groundwork you've laid. But... Again, these things unfold, like, these things go on for days. Like, these sort of intrigue minigames go on for ages as you begin trying to amass evidence and sort of pull wheels within wheels. And then, to top it off, to really close the seduction of some of your uh, political allies or your political victims, uh, some of them you have to go hang out with and... (sighs) To show that you're a good guy... And to really like close the deal with them, you have to play a dice game. Like it's so like literally, there's a character who has tried to have you killed, and now you're kind of trying to work your way. Like you're trying to sort of frame him up, and he has no reason to trust you. But like if you show up at his club, 
and no, you invite him to your club because yes, you decide to start running a Jacobin like Rick's cafe uh, in the middle of this game. Um, you invite him to your club and in order to like win his confidence and trust, you have to beat him in uh, like dice poker, basically straight out of like the Witcher one or I think it was also in The Witcher 2. Uh, but yeah, just, just classic dice poker stuff. Uh, you know, you get extra points for matching uh, for matching dice. You can re-roll. It's bizarre. Like, you will spend a surprising amount of time in this game playing dice with, like, revolutionary figures. Why is this here? Why is this happening? Uh, because they just needed, like, they needed another way to, like, kind of gamify a social interaction. And that seems to me like both the really interesting thing and then the thing that trips this game up over and over. It's trying to tell a really political story. We talk about this all the time, Troy, about like, you know, Crusader Kings type games are few and far between. And not a lot of, there have not been a ton of successful attempts to try to tell, to try to make strategy games or try to make games of any kind that capture uh, like court power struggles, interpersonal uh, interpersonal strategic dynamics, right? You see this hampering uh, like mafia style games. You see this. You, you you see this coming up in games about like life at royal court. Uh, and this game feels like it is badly trying to solve those problems by throwing a bunch of mini games at the wall and hoping that just through the sheer number of them, you arrive at something approximating the feeling of interacting with other people with an end in mind. Yeah, there's this... I think gamify those social relations is a good way to put it. There's this... The the idea that I'm hunting this guy down and we hate each other, but I beat him at a game and now he's my friend? Like, did, 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 did he bet his friendship? I mean, like, what were the wagers here? Uh, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but you know, they introduced the games, they have to do it. The board game structure, I mean, I was just, okay, Risk is a very good analogy. You have a few more different pieces you can use, and you can expand a few different directions. But, you know, you just you just find yourself, you make Australia, and you move out. That's really just what the game is. Yeah. It's not, you know, a deep, difficult, complicated strategy game. Uh, you start in a corner. Even because there's one section you need to take out pretty early, but other than that, you have a corner, so you just solidify that corner and move your way out. And it's not uh, especially challenging or especially interesting, uh, but it's in the way. And it's supposed, like I said, you're given all this power relatively early in the game, though you've accomplished very little. Um, so it feels like, and I, I think it's a neat idea. I think a, a board game about revolutionary club politics, some sort of worker placement game, that actually might be really fun. Yeah. That might be a, that's a great idea for a game. You know, you can have people's uh, uh, spies or propagandists. You can play a card to have them guillotined or what have you and frame them up. Great idea for a worker placement game, but this ain't it. Um, and because it is stuck in the middle of this uh, Papers, Please, Phoenix Wright, Reigns game, and then you have this persuasion 
game, which affects the course of the adventure game, but really doesn't affect the other parts of the game. Everything seems like you're still you're still doing these cases all the way through, and except for you know do avoiding the malice of uh, the mom, the Mara, and the wife, uh, it doesn't have a whole lot of interaction with the other stuff going on. I guess you can gain influence points. Most of those are earned other places, I think. Um, so it's, it's, things aren't, they're all of these different games and they aren't, nest, they're clearly tightly connected, which I think really gets in the way. I mean, the, why am I, why am I being interrupted by this board game in the middle of uh, trying to talk the Count of Frou-Frou into uh, giving me gunpowder or money or whatever. Um, so there's this this disconnect between all of these different mini games, which is a problem. I mean, it's it's a problem in a lot of games. A lot of games have mini games that are just there for for variety. You mentioned you mentioned Witcher. That's a good example. I mean, people don't go in Witcher to play Gwent. I guess some people do go into Witcher to play Gwent, but but Gwent's there as a way to ha- as a distraction, something fun to do. It can tie into the plot and make money or something, but generally it's kind of separate. Um, Having all and you don't you, know, you don't have to play it a whole lot. Here, all of these mini games are kind of you got to do them. You have yeah. to do the persuasion. You have to do the speeches. You have to do the board game, and you have to do the trials. Um, and they aren't linked enough for me to feel that oh, this is a cohesive whole of a design of a game. Um, this is Cones of Dunshire, the revolutionary version. I mean, this is what this is. Just keep plopping things. Uh, on and see how the where the design takes you, um, and it's kind of unfortunate because there are little bits of things that are. I mean that like I said, I would love to have a board game just about this. I think yeah. a board game, uh, not this board game, but one not too far from this one. I mean, it's not, it, 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 I don't think it's a horrible board game. It's just boring, uh, but it can probably be you know fixed a bit with a little bit of refocus. Um, I, I like the cases. I like the trials. I like unlocking questions. I like finding a way to sway the mob from one side to the other uh, through my questions using the power of my oratory. Um, but putting them all in the one spot, it just in in this really garbled version of the French Revolution, where there seems to be understanding that politicians were ambitious because they had to be ambitious. Um, but I, what is my guy's mission? What does he want? Yeah. Uh, what is his revolution? He's just a guy who wants power. I mean, Robespierre had a mission. He had goals. He was a purist loon, but he had goals. Danton had goals. Marat had goals. All of these, you know, bloodthirsty, ambitious, climbing over the bodies of their friends, revolutionaries, they had goals, they had strategies, they had plans, they had things that distinguished them. I mean, Danton and Robespierre were friends. They collaborated. They killed a lot of people together. And then <laughs> Robespierre had to rub him out because his, some of his plans and his power was getting in the way. It wasn't just about power. It was about the revolutionary mission, as Robespierre and Saint-Just de Couthon saw it. Um, you're this revolutionary without a plan. You're just some amorphous power guy. And so the revolution becomes cast as this great, this sad historical event where people's ambition for power made everyone die and be sad. And that kind of feels, 
there's not a lot of sincerity anywhere in the game, which is yeah. fine. Which is fine. It's okay. To have, it's okay to have a cynical reading on politics and a cynical reading on the revolution. People have been doing it for two hundred years. That's fine. Be cynical, but you should at least meet some true believers. Yeah, you should at least meet somebody who buys their own bullshit. Uh, and not sad sack Louis the Sixteenth moping in saying, "Well, revolutions are kind of dopey, might get you too." And it's kind of an, and I mean, it doesn't. It, I mean, if you play through the early game again, choose to have the guy load his guns, and then he comes back in trial. He says, "You told me to do this, and I did. I did tell him to load his guns, so it's kind of my fault." But I'm the one in power. But that's a sincere moment. And there aren't enough of those. Yeah, I think this is the thing that really undercuts the game uh, from a thematic standpoint. Because this game goes on quite a long time. Mm. This, is, this is not a short game. I think pretty much all of its ideas eventually overstay their welcome a bit. But I think to keep you invested in a story like this... There have to be some kind of stakes that you can identify with or sympathize with or even understand, right? A, like, you have to be able to comprehend the motivations. And as this game unfolds, I think they all become more and more inscrutable because it is a revolution that doesn't seem to have any direction or idea. And your character is pursuing this path of ambition but what you're doing doesn't feel ambitious but at any rate he's pursuing his ambitions except his ambitions are then for what what is the purpose of this and i think if you're going to if your position is violent revolutions are ever and always a bad idea and uh consume you know consume their own children and and hurt and, and hurt the innocent uh then this game is probably too long by half to make that point and also everyone is too much of an asshole to make it feel appropriately tragic that's the other that's the other hmm. flip, the, the other part of this is you know if you're going to say ah oh, this you know we have a cynical like anti-revolutionary uh or revolutionary skeptic uh position we're staking out in this game then at least it, it becomes actually more urgent to portray the degree to which otherwise good people or sympathetic people are getting caught up in this and getting harmed and killed by it. But instead, it ends up being this like really straight-faced, almost like Death of Stalin type experience where like it's all just the worst fucking people. Uh, you know, trying <laughs> you know, trying to scramble <laughs> over each other. But then it's like 20 hours of that like of just of just watching the like of going through these procedural motions and then just watching these jerks uh you know knife each other for reasons that are tbd um it just it it doesn't sort of hold the interest and i i think the uh, the other part of this that bothers me is if you're going to take that attitude you end up making a really what's the way to put this a patronizing game in some ways, or a paternalistic game, mm -hmm. in that 
the mob, the people are just portrayed like almost literally. Like there's a there's a cutscene where literally your narrator, your main character, basically just says, uh, you know, they were they were animals unleashed. Uh, you know, they've been, they've been lambs uh, turned into wolves or something like that. But just this idea that the, 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 the mobilized masses were just inherently like unreasoning and violent and vicious and completely out of control. And you can, again, you can take that position. This is a very Whig, very Ed- Edmund Burke uh, revolution. But I think you're going to take, but if you're going to take that angle, you at least need to have some comprehension in the text of well, okay. So then, how do people get go this far over the edge, right? Like, right. what are the preconditions that unlock these baser natures in mob action and mob violence? And because this game is so like, it's it's cynical, but also very fence riding. It can't actually articulate. Well, here's why people were at least pissed off, and this may have been the wrong solution. But here is why everyone is ready to start guillotining their neighbor, uh, you know, at the drop of a dime. The game can't articulate that because it's been so busy articulating that, ah, this entire revolution is pointless, and really the king did nothing wrong, and neither did most of these aristocrats, that then the crowd, all these people sort of mobilizing and banging for blood, uh, you're basically making the argument that, okay, well, people are inherently uh, just violent trash, and, uh, you know, democracy is a terrible idea, or anything approximating giving political power and the state's monopoly on violence over to the masses, over to the mob, is inherently going to end in uh, injustice and tears. And that ends up, you know, I think you extend that argument far, you know, if you extend that argument not even very far, you end up with a text that is pretty... uh, ends up being kind of an apologia for various forms of authoritarianism. I mean, it's authoritarians on other end. So, I mean, the story ends with authoritarians. Uh, But yeah, it does. I mean, it's. I'm kind of torn on whether this game has a political message, whether whether it's stumbled into a political message. I mean, it has a political message as a text, and it's about politics, so it has a political message. Whether it has an intentional political message, or whether it's all unintentional. It's, I mean, clearly by, by the writing and the plotting, it is not a big fan of the French Revolution. Um, whether it thinks that... It, but it doesn't make any case for uh, some sort of incrementalist plan... Or a constitutional monarchy. I mean, it isn't necessarily about how do we solve France's problems. That's not what the game is about. Uh, the game is about, wow, revolutionaries really makes you think. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, that's, that's kind of okay, I guess. But it, but because it is also about ambition and about putting monarchs to death and, rabble rousing the crowd it would be nice if it had a little more energy a little more vigor a little more confidence in what it was stating i mean i've have all kinds of issues with robespierre and danton but gerard Depardieu was such a great danton so i for me when i look at this game uh oh and by the way there's a tabletop wargaming minigame in this don't worry about it uh it's fine um (laughs) Oh right! Why oh my stop? God! Why stop at court intrigue and territory oh, control? Oh God! Yes. Well. Uh, we can also have the revolutionary armies of France uh, doing battle. Um, 
I think if when I look at this game, to me, there's a core of a really good idea here. There really I is. Think, there, there's, a, there's a lot of good stuff in here, I think. Yeah, I did find that core loop of you're just trying to navigate the politics of revolutionary France and just keep your head down. And, and I think that's the thing. If you just flipped it to, look, you're not a very good judge, but here you are stuck in this position and any screw up, any sort of political backfiring on you is probably fatal. And you end up just making a game about what it's like to being to be one of the, you know, hundreds or thousands of, uh, you know, anonymous career bureaucrats who find themselves now tending the machinery of uh, revolutionary violence or, uh, you know, authoritarian mm-hmm. backlash. And I think that's an interesting game, right? That entire, that notion of once you start realizing you have to steer the court, you have to start playing, it becomes really like almost a Scott Turow book where you start to realize like, no, this isn't about like establishing the facts and uncovering truth. It is, uh, to borrow a phrase, like presumed innocent, it is the business of assigning blame, right? It is the business of trying to find something that will sit well with this group of uh, people in the jury box. And I think that's an interesting game. And I think the tighter, if, if the tighter the, the game could, that we the revolution could have hewed to that core loop of, you know, you're this legal bureaucrat doing this job, you are trying to basically hedge all your bets. And then also, sure, have some of the choose-your-own-adventure stuff uh, to give you a sense of the political and social flavor of the time. But to me, I feel like where it went wrong is just it tries to make you way too much of a player uh, in the politics of this when all the mechanics to bring that about feel much weaker than... The courtroom, uh, you know, the, the courtroom mechanics, the, the the design of the courtroom game, but that game is telling the story of that functionary who doesn't really have a an ideological angle, and I think that sort of bifurcation in the game's design ends up kind of fracturing the entire thing. I wonder if that's how the game started. If it started as a historical papers, please, because that is so much of the game. And that's the best, most developed part of the game, I think. Yeah. Um, but that somewhere along the line, they decided they needed more history in it. They needed more, needed a grander scale or people wouldn't have bought it. Um, and I think there's probably a little bit of a misreading. I mean, there's, there's, there's no reason that my one guy has to be putting the king and the queen on trial in act one of the game. Uh, <laughs> there's no reason for that. Um I mean, you could you could even start this in the terror or just before the terror, um, and have it be you know this papers please situation where you've got to watch your step, um, yeah. and that'd be a nice little t- t- tightrope. See how far you can get. Um, you know, if you want to have you know walk-ons by the world's most famous murderers, have you know the revolutionary leaders come and check you out or something or make requests of you or have, you know, Danton and Robespierre have want you to come to different decisions. Yeah. You know, bring that sort of stuff in. I think this would be a very, very good historical trial game. And I hope that they work on that. I think there's a lot they could do it for they could do it for Stalin. They could do a Stalin game. 
Yeah. And I got, I mean, literally, yeah, the purges certainly lend themselves to this. Um, so does the, so, so does the October revolution and it's fallout. I think yeah. this, this all kind of could, could track. Um, and I think this is, this is the thing that I wanted to, like, this is kind of why I was like, Troy, you have to play this game. And I hope you feel your time was well spent. Cause to me, this is a bit of a, it's a bit of a miss, a bit of a failure, but also it's a thing I couldn't quite like put down for a long time. Like well after I was kind of frustrated with its yeah. overall structure, it remained a game that in its contradictions, uh, in the things it was attempting was just so much more interesting than so many other things I play. It is. I mean, I'm playing a lot of these small games about history now because they're a lot of really small games. This isn't a small game really, but it kind of is. It's not very expensive, but it's a long game. Um, but ones that just try to drop you into uh, a situation. And this kind of tries to drop you in, gives you too much to do, but it's a great idea. And I love games like this. I love games that try to persuade you that you are somebody in the past uh, without necessarily some grand scope. You aren't uh, the king. You aren't the general. Though eventually you become both in this because God only knows why. Because um, you were the Forrest Gump of the French Revolution. Oh, God. And there is, there's a couple of Roman games like right now that I'm playing. One is called A Legionnaire's Life, where you play a legionnaire in the Punic War. And you level up your sword skill and javelin skill and just try to stay alone as you can survive, more or less. Okay. It's, you know, you develop stuff, you get better equipment, you fight through the campaign in uh, North Africa, starting in Carthago Nova, et cetera, et cetera. I, I've never gotten very far. I usually end up getting killed probably, uh, you know, not too far in. Uh, but it's an interesting little game. It's trying something at least. Another one is this really, like, super tiny, weird little game called Citizen of Rome Dynasty Ascendant, which is, I mean, it's not quite an idle game. Uh, but you are, you play the painter familius of a Roman family and you acquire property and you climb through the social classes and you participate in the festivals. And if you get enough money, you can run for office and all of these things happen and you raise a family and the painter familius dies and the new son takes over. Uh, it's, you know, it's not perfectly historically accurate because, you know, the, the, the women can go out and get jobs, uh, <laughs> which is great, I guess. Hail feminism in Rome. Um, but it's a neat, tiny little game that I've been playing quite a bit of because it is short and small and it's trying something about putting you in the past, which is why games like We the Revolution, which is a bigger budget than either of these two by quite a bit, very well drawn, very well written, independent title that's about history in a serious way. Whether it's trying to say anything political, not intentionally or not, it is about history in a serious way. And I love this. Uh, it doesn't all work. Uh, but if you're interested in that sort of experience, I do recommend at least checking out, maybe you see a Let's Play uh, and seeing if, it's, if our description doesn't sold you on it. Maybe watch a Let's Play. I never recommend Let's Plays like on the yeah. show ever. But this is a game you might want to like check out, say 20, 30 minutes of somewhere and see if it's the kind of thing for you. Uh, I think our friend Historical Gamer has done a few videos on it on his channel. Uh, he's been on the show a couple of times talking about naval games. Yeah, he's played We the Revolution Online. I think he's on a couple of Let's Plays. You can check that out. There, you should be hard to find them. Um, I, highly, I, I recommend at least looking at it. Um, you might like it more than, more than we do. I mean, it's not that we... I just... I want more trials. I want more... Yeah. I, I want... 
I want less moving. I want less conversations. And a, a little less conversation and a little less action. I want both. <laughs> I just want the trials. Uh, yeah, that's roughly where I come down. Um, I think it's a game well worth giving a look. And I think it's one of those games that... Uh, Troy, tr- I think you and I both sort of suffer from this. Uh, we are also always like up against these opportunity costs of like, I should be playing something else. I should be looking at something else. Oh my god, this, this and, month is just crazy. Yeah, and this thing unfolds really slowly. Uh but that being said, like I think if you give it a shot, the thing I would encourage you to do uh, beyond like checking it out in, in Let's Plays, give it time. Because there's a point like three, four hours in where you're, where you're thinking, oh, I know what this game is. Yeah. You don't. Uh, there's several turns you haven't hit yet. And some of them are silly and some of the introduction, introductions of new mechanics are silly and don't really add a lot to the game. But also like as it begins raising the stakes and the story begins getting darker – it does begin hitting differently. It does become engrossing even as maybe the experience of playing it becomes a bit more, uh, you know, a bit more frustrating as there's a bit more friction in it. But I think it is a game that rewards uh, taking a a long, hard look and and sort of thinking critically about. Uh, So it's this weird thing where I don't endorse this game, but I recommend people play it. Yeah. Uh, uh, if, if, well, if if you're a student of, of, of game design and want to see what a feature creep looks like, this is probably a very good model for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is I think this is a game people should definitely have a look at. It's, it's a game I'll be thinking about for a while. I think there are a lot of lessons in here somewhere. All right, well, that will do it for We the Revolution. We'll be back next week with more strategy discussion. Uh, this episode was produced by Alicia Acampora. Uh, Three Moves Ahead is hosted on the Idle Thumbs Network. You can learn more about the show and discuss this episode with our community at threemovesahead.net or follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash 3MA. Finally, Three Moves Ahead is supported by listeners just like you on Patreon. You can learn more at patreon.com slash 3MA. That also has further information about our super secret Discord server where we occasionally talk about strategy games. Quick note on that. Few people have been confused about how you get to the super secret Discord server. Perhaps the fact I'm calling it the super secret Discord server is part of the problem. Uh, we've we've undersold that this thing exists, uh, but it is under the twenty five dollar backer tier. Uh, it used to be like I think it was still identified as a fan hangout, and we got to amend the text on the Patreon page. That is a that is vestigial for. Our original idea, which was we would sort of have a, uh, you know, video conference slash stream with a bunch of backers of that tier uh, where we just sort of hang out and chat. And that was fun. It didn't scale. Uh, it was sort of, um, you know, once you had more than four or five people on a call, it just began feeling like a really cumbersome podcast. Uh, and right around that time, Discord really blew up. And so we sort of pulled those backers and asked, would you be interested in just rolling this over into kind of a uh, more freeform just conversation on Discord? And the answer was overwhelmingly yes. Uh, And so we fired up a Discord server. The other thing I'll add is... I Look, I know that is a steep uh, Patreon backer level, and uh, if that's too much your blood, I completely understand. The chief reason i think we've we've set it that high is mainly that uh we're not 
moderators by trade and profession. And I think uh, dealing with some of the stuff that moderators uh, have to sort of routinely get involved in uh, is probably more of a lift uh, than, than we'd be excited to take on. And so I think we kind of made a decision that uh, a sort of small, slowly growing community uh, that expands and dribs and drabs is easier to manage uh, and is easier to moderate uh, rather than throwing it a little more open because, you know, there's a huge difference. You know, we've already seen like there's a huge difference between having like eight people on a server versus, you know, 20. Um, and that is kind that's, that's kind of the, uh, the, the experience we've had. And, and that's what we want to sort of tread carefully with. Uh, so that's where our thinking is. That thinking may evolve. Uh, you know, we've had a few people suggest ways that we might be able to handle that moderation load. Um, some people have had some good ideas of how we can get more people involved on the uh, 3MA discord. So that stuff is all under consideration. But anyway, when you hear us referring to that, that's what we're talking about. And uh, that's kind of the the reasoning we have uh, for the decisions we've made there. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening to the show. We'll be back next week with another episode of Three Moves Ahead. Until then, for Troy, this is Rob Zachney saying goodnight. <laughs>